thank you ladies. If you try to ask me to explain how that works, I don't know. Uh, but I know he is there, and I know that he knows, and I know there's no need for me to worry about tomorrow. The Lord's got it figured out, and I can trust him with that. And the Bible says something about sufficient is the day, right, for the troubles that we have today. I don't need to be worrying about tomorrow. God's already got it figured out, and I can trust him for that. Good to see you tonight. Let's take our Bibles out and get back into Scripture if we could. And we're going to go to 1 Timothy tonight, chapter number 4. 1 Timothy chapter number 4, while you're turning there, I want to remind you of the announcements that we gave this morning. Just a couple. We have a work day coming up this Saturday, men's prayer breakfast at 8 a.m. Have a wonderful breakfast to uh, put some fuel in the tank. And then after that, for those who can, uh, men, we're going to hang around and do some property maintenance here. I'm looking forward to that opportunity to fellowship together as we work. And uh, I do have a list, and um, I will be giving that to you out Wednesday night of some things we're going to be doing, tools that we're going to be needing. And uh, I promise you there's something for every skill level, from the most accomplished carpenter uh, to the, uh, what we used to call the Harry the Homeowners. All right, if you're just a hairy homeowner who doesn't know how to, uh, to maybe build a house, but you know how to hold up a, a rake or something like that, well, you just come and help hold up the rakes. You always have to have folks that are willing to do that. We're going to have a good time together. I hope you'll be here for that. And uh, don't forget, uh, also next Sunday, Missions Conference kicks off. Excited about that as well. Uh, hopefully you're there by now, First Timothy chapter 4. Let's go ahead and stand if you don't mind. Uh, we had a uh, rescheduling tonight. Chris McDaniel was going to be with us uh, for the service, but had an emergency and had to go out of town rather quickly in his line of work. I understand how that could be. And uh, we do have an IOU. He will be coming back and spending some time with us here in the next few weeks. Uh, but uh, you got me tonight, so I know that's probably a disappointment, but uh, smile and uh, it won't be so bad. First Timothy chapter 4, I want you to look down to verse 13. <clears throat> verse 12 is one we know well and one we, that we recite to our children. And uh, what a great verse that is for you young people to hide in your heart and live by. Uh, we're going to go to verse 13 if we could. Paul says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not, the true, neglect not the gift, I'm sorry, that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, which, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you again for your word, and I just ask your blessings on it. Lord, I have what you've given, and I pray you'd help me to present it uh, in a way that's clear, understanding, and uh, Lord, easy to hear that we might receive it and respond to it. I pray that, Lord, your will would be done tonight, whatever it may be, that we'd all surrender to that even now. And we look forward to what you do, and I thank you in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, this morning we concluded in our message out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, looking where Paul, uh, we left the thought on there of, of how to be willing to wait, uh, of how Timothy is going to have to learn to watch in all things and endure in all things. And as the people of God, this is something we have to learn how to do. Uh, I do believe you look at that last days where they don't endure sound doctrine, I believe we're there. Uh, people are just about at the place where they were when Stephen preached, where 
not only are they not willing and desiring to hear it, but where they act upon those that do hear it. And I think we see religious persecution beginning to build in our country. Uh, we see it around the country to where uh, Christians have been marginalized to the place to where if you are a vocal Christian or attempt to live according to the word of God in your public life uh, to where you are looked upon with disdain. Uh, and I do believe we're just this is the beginning of this persecution that will come our way. Uh, and, but Paul told him in 2 Timothy chapter 4 to watch and to endure afflictions, meaning you need to learn how to wait. And this is something tonight we're going to look at because waiting is not something that comes natural to me. Now, you may be the most patient person in the world. And I know some of you are. Some of you walk in the Spirit, and I can tell you have those fruits of the Spirit in your life, that you are very patient. I am growing in that area, I'll be honest with you. That is one area I have to grow in, is in the area of patience. I'm, I'm not a good waiter, uh, meaning that when I have things to do, I always have a list on my phone of things to do. It never ends. Uh, I have one there right now for tomorrow. Even though it's a holiday, I have a list of things I have to do tomorrow. And if I find a free moment, I pull my phone out and begin looking at that list on things that I can do in that moment. Why? I hate wasting time. Uh, I hate waiting. Uh, I don't know why they call it a waiting room at a doctor's office. I was there this past week, and uh, it's not waiting the whole time. You're filling out that phone book that they give you, you know. Uh, tell them who you are, where you're from, how tall you are, and who to call if they kill you uh, while you're in there, you know. Uh, so it's not really a waiting room. you got something to do while you're in there, and so that kind of helps us pass the time. But tonight we're going to look at this thought of spiritually waiting, and I know there's a lot of scripture on waiting spiritually, and countless messages have been preached on what waiting means but when you think about it tonight, our, our goal is to be ready, correct? A people prepared for the Lord, to make ready a people that are prepared for the Lord. And when you talk about waiting and being willing to wait, as we concluded the message this morning, it seems counterproductive, doesn't it? Uh, that I need to be ready, but I have to wait in the process. It's somewhat along the line of Hebrews chapter 12, where the Bible says to run our race with patience. Run our race with patience. That doesn't seem to make sense, does it? Uh, that if you're going to run a race, you're not going to run it patiently. You're going to run it as fast as you can. And the truth of the matter is tonight, waiting on the Lord and waiting on his will is quite a strenuous process. When we think about waiting, we think about sitting still, right? We think about waiting. Waiting is meaning is sitting idle and not doing anything. But waiting on the Lord is actually something we have to learn to work at. And I'll be honest with you, it's something that doesn't come natural. And we're going to have to develop a spiritual, uh, the spiritual strength to learn how to wait on God and wait on the will of God. So what are we looking at here tonight? First Timothy 4. Well, I gave you a little background about who Timothy was this morning, so we'll not go into that. This is one of Paul's pastoral epistles to the young preacher Timothy. He's serving in Ephesus. Now, obviously, when you look down um, to verse number 13, you notice the first three words. Paul says, till I come. So obviously Paul has plans on visiting Timothy, but he can't be there at the time, obviously. And so what he's doing is giving him a message in the meantime, okay? He says, I plan on coming, uh, but before I get there and until I get there, there's some things that I want you to do. Now, what is he helping him do? He's helping him redeem his time. Uh, the Bible tells us to redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Uh, that means that while we're waiting, we're not sitting idle. We are redeeming that time and getting all of the worth out of that time that we can. And so here's what Paul says. I'm, on, I'm going to come see you, or at least I plan on come seeing you. And while you're waiting, there's some things I want you to do and to stay busy with in the meantime. 
Now, here's what I want you to draw the comparison to tonight. We're not waiting on Paul, are we? We're not waiting on Paul. We're waiting on somebody, no offense to Paul, a lot more special than Paul. We're waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ to come. Uh, Now, we're not waiting idle. We're not sitting here just twiddling our thumbs saying, I sure wish he'd hurry up and come back like we don't have anything to do. No, we do have something to do. It's called getting ready. And as Paul told Timothy, listen, till I come, there's some things I want you to occupy yourself with. And tonight we're going to look at those things. It's a very simple message, very short outline, but he says, till I come, here's some things I want you to do, and here's the subject we're going to preach on tonight, how to wait to be ready. Doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense, does it? How to wait to be ready. Oftentimes, and I I do apologize to my daughter for picking on her so often, but oftentimes her mother and I are waiting on her. Uh, at the door. I told you that before. We're waiting there. She's getting dressed, and she has a lot more hair than I do, okay? So it takes her a lot longer. I can do my hair, and man, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, we're good to go walk out the door. She has a little bit more hair than I do, so it takes longer to get it styled. And oftentimes, we're waiting on her to get ready, okay? Now, tonight, God has us waiting till he comes, correct? He hasn't come yet. You say, well, how do you know that? I'm still here. <laughs> I don't know about some of you other guys, <laughs> Uh, But I'm still here, so that's the greatest evidence in my life that he hasn't come yet. And so he's coming, but what does it say? Till I come, till he comes, there's some things he wants me to do while I'm waiting to to welcome his arrival. So look down, if you will, verse 13. We're going to look at four things. And I don't know what you guys did this week. You got a four-pointer this morning and a four-pointer tonight. And so you must not have been doing right this week because the Lord says, ah, they need a little bit extra uh, today. Verse 13, Paul says, till I come, or while you're waiting, watch what he says, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, we talked about that this morning, to doctrine. Reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Now, could I oversimplify those three things into one word? We're not going to preach on those things, so we mentioned a lot of that this morning, the word of God, exhortation, and doctrine. We talked a lot about that uh, this morning. Could I oversimplify that and summarize that into one word, and could we use that word as truth tonight? Notice what he's telling him, till I come give attendance to truth, reading, exhortation, and doctrine. Now, notice what he's going to be doing while he's waiting. He uses a word here, till I come give attendance. He says, I want you to attend to the truth. Now, listen to me tonight. The first way to wait to be ready begins with an attendance to truth. I believe tonight that what we need to be doing as God's people in the meantime, till he comes, till he comes, we need to do exactly what Paul says until I come, Timothy, I want you to give attendance to reading, exhortation, and to doctrine. Here's what he's saying. I want you to be attentive to truth. I want to tell you something tonight, folks. If we as the people of God aren't attending to truth or giving our attendance to truth, you will find yourself easing off into error when the Lord does come. Now, here's what's interesting. You you look up that word attend, and I think we understand that word basically means to show up, right? You attend church, you're showing up to church. You attend a ball game. Hey, I hope you're coming out to our tournament this week. Real excited. Uh, we got some grudge matches this week, okay? We're going to need all of the support we can get out there for our guys this week. So I hope you plan on coming to that. You say, well, I plan on attending the ball game. It means you plan on showing up. Uh, but so often as is the case in Scripture, uh, boy, the Word of God means so much more than just showing up. Can I tell you what that word attend means? Or when he says here, attendance to, 
it means to lean in, all right? To lean in. Now, stick with me. I'll help you understand that. When he's saying, hey, I want you to give attendance to truth, to reading, exhortation, and doctrine, he's saying, I want you to lean into it, all right? Meaning you're leaning into it to show genuine interest. All right, now some of you, I can tell you're not getting it, all right? So let me bring it down on a level where you'll understand. You ever overheard some juicy gossip? You're like, what is that? You know all too well it is. Well, look, it, it flies around here every once in a while. I'll spend days putting out gossip sometimes around here. You're standing there in the foyer and you hear Brother John and Brother Zach talking about where they buried the money. That's all you heard. What? We, we buried it, you know four paces off the oak tree in the backyard by the bus barn, and you start doing this. Why? you got bills to pay, right? Braces to buy for your kids, tires for your car, or just eggs for your refrigerator, right? And so you need a little bit of that extra money. And so watch, you hear something, and you're thinking, well, that is of interest to me, and you start leaning in a little bit. Why? You want to hear it. You're giving in attentive interest to that, all right? So when Paul is telling Timothy right here, till I come... Here's how you occupy yourself while you're waiting. Give attendance to truth. In other words, lean into it because you're truthfully interested in it, right? I mean, tonight, folks, I don't know about you, but this world is trying to do away with all resemblance of truth. Truth about who we are, truth about uh, who God made us, truth about how the world came to be, truth about the home. It's all being destroyed. And as we, the people of God, listen, if there was ever a time we needed to lean into truth, it's now. Why? Because error abounds. Now understand this. If you don't lean into it, I promise you're going to fall out of it. And too many of us as God's people, we know what the truth is, but we don't lean into it, all right? We're not that interested in it. We're kind of half in or half out. And we wonder why our homes are half right and half wrong. At some point in our life, we have got to devote ourselves to be attending unto truth. Give an example, Psalms 86.6. The Bible says, give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. Now notice what he says, give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer. David is saying, God, I, I want you to attend unto my voice. Can I ask you, have you ever wanted God to attend unto your voice? Have had a need in your life? And you needed God to lean in and hear you clearly? You ever had a sick loved one? Maybe trying to find the will of God for your life, direction for your home. Maybe you had a burden in the, the heart of your child. Praying about a job, not knowing what to do. And you're talking to God and you know God's listening. But as David, you say, Lord, would you lean into this one? God, I, I need a little extra interest on this one. God, I need you to hear this one clearly. What are we asking God to do? We're asking God that he would lean in and be attentive unto our prayer. And aren't you thankful tonight that God does that? Isn't it a blessing to know? Uh, we were singing, I think it was Wednesday night, I Must Tell Jesus. We were singing that Wednesday night. I love that song. I love the fact, I mean, how many times have I gone running to my father and told my father I had a heartache. You know, you go running to mom when you have a skint knee. Mom, and, and you're fine until you see mom. And then the waterworks start, you know. We have these kids get hurt at camp. They're kids, okay. We try to take care of them, but they don't listen. You take them to camp, and they get hurt, and they're fine. And we call, hey, would you come pick them up? They fell down, kind of hurt their arm, you know. And they've been out there goofing off. As soon as mom pulls up, they start crying. Oh, that's how I am with my father. 
I have a need in my heart. I have a burden upon my heart. I have a question in my heart. And I, I call out to my Father. I must tell Jesus. And I'm asking him to attend unto my words. What am I asking him to do? To lean into me. Lord, I, I need a little extra interest from you today. I need you to hear me out today. Why? Because I have a burden upon my heart. But then we read in Proverbs 4.20, watch what God says. For Psalms 86, we says, give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplications. But here's what God asks of us, Proverbs 4.20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Oh, can I tell you, and, and well, this is tough. Oftentimes, I am far more ready for God to lean into my words than I'm ready to lean into his. I want God. God, I, I got to have you hear me. God, I have a need. God, I have a question mark. And I, I need you, Father, to lean in. I need you to hear me tonight. I have a burden in my family or there's a burden in our church. And God, we, we need you to lean in tonight. And oh, how we desire God to do that. And God says, here's what I want from you. I want you to attend unto my words and incline thine ear unto my sayings. Paul says, Timothy, till I come, while you're waiting, I want you to give attendance to truth. Now, folks, can I tell you tonight, if we're going to be ready, it goes far beyond attending church. All right? By the way, that's a good beginning. That's a good beginning, attending church. It's important. There is something in the Bible about forsaking not the assembling of ourselves, Hebrews 10. It's important to attend church. But that's just the beginning. If we're going to be ready, can I tell you, at some point you've got to make the transition from just attending church to where you start attending to truth. To where you say, you know what, till he comes, I'm going to lean in on what? Verse 13, reading to exhortation and to doctrine. Now you say, how far should we lean into that? Well, how far do you want God to lean into your words? How much do you want God to lean in and hear you out? Oh, folks, can I tell you, I want God to bend over backwards when I have a need in my life. I ought to be willing to bend over backwards to lean into his truth. Amen? I'll give you an example. It's kind of like, believe it or not, I used to play football. I go and get the laughs out. Uh, okay. I did, and, and I was fairly good. If you ask my dad, my dad won't lie to you, he'll tell you. First game, man, I had an interception in Mount Olive, Mississippi. Tackled a guy by a sock. I started up with his shirt, went on down to his pants, and finally tackled him by his sock. It was a, a sight to behold. I love playing football. We get out there, and I was a wide receiver on offense, and uh, all of a sudden Graham would come in with our, with our, our, uh, our play, and we'd, we'd huddle up. All right, now we're fixing to find out what our play is. We're fixing to find out what we're going to run. My play, my play, my favorite play was P46 pass. Uh, that was coming to me uh, across the middle. That was my pass route that I would run. I loved it. It was my favorite one. Graham would come in and he'd, he'd hunker down in the huddle and all the guys would huddle up around him. And we would all lean in. Why? Because we needed to hear the play. You don't hear the play, you, you, you kind of look like the Saints did this year. All right? You're wondering, somebody wasn't in on that huddle. You know, you got this guy running this way, and this guy running this way, and the ball's going straight down the middle. You're thinking, somebody didn't get the message. Somebody wasn't running the right offense. Why? They may not have heard the play. And you huddle up, you're leaning in so you can get the information so you know what to do. Can I tell you, Sunday morning's a great time to huddle up as a church, isn't it? 
Sunday night's a great opportunity to huddle up as a church. Wednesday night, great opportunity to huddle up as a church. Why? Because we're getting the plays. Our Father's calling in the plays. Hey, here's the play you run for your home. Here's the play you run for your children. Here's the play you run for your marriage. And yet so often we're running the wrong play and we're not scoring any touchdowns for the cause of Christ. Why? Because we haven't made the decision until he comes we're going to lean in on truth. I want to know what God says. Proverbs 2, 2, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. I want you to think about this. Have you ever heard of someone use the term, and maybe it's happened to you, you ever heard of someone having a fallen out? Maybe you had a fallen out with your spouse. Maybe you had a fallen out with your hunting club. Maybe you had a fallen out with the guy at the bakery or, you know, Krispy Kreme didn't have your donut that you wanted. And, and now you've had a fallen out with them. And now you're going over here to Shipley's. You're like, nope, and we're going back there again. You had a fallen out. Can I tell you the reason we fall out, fall out of church, fall out of relationship with other Christians? You know why we fall out? Because that's the direction we were leaning already. You're going to fall the direction you're leaning. You think about it. These trees, man, around here we have tornadoes all the time. Brother Aaron, you're, this is uh, Tornado Alley. Welcome. You know, Easter tornadoes. It's about time, isn't it? The Lord's been good to us and protected us the last few years. You see these trees that are kind of leaning? Watch this. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. Some of these little kids in here. If I ask you, which way do you think that tree's going to fall? It's going to fall the direction it's leaning. Can I tell you, I would rather fall toward truth than away from it. If I'm going to fall, I'd rather fall toward it than away from it. Do you know why so many people have a falling out with God? Because they were leaning out already. They weren't all the way in. I remember when COVID started, Brother Brent and I sat back in my office. I was still extremely new. We're talking about having closing the doors and having live stream services, trying to figure out what to do. I mean, it was, a, it was a learning time for all of us, not just being a new pastor here, but a learning time as far as what COVID was and the pandemic and things like that. And, uh, we're trying to decide, okay, when do we meet in the parking lot? Are we going to meet in here and, and close the doors and all of this? Big decisions that a lot of us had never had to make in ministry. Most folks had never had to make in ministry. I told Brother Brent, sitting in my office one day, I said, Brother Brent, I can tell you the first people that are going to go. I said, the people that are not all the way in. The people that are already, already kind of half in, half out, this will do them in. All over this country, uh, folks who weren't all the way in, you know, only here part of the time, they were the first people to become spiritual victims and casualties of COVID. Why? Because they were already leaning out. Folks, if we're going to survive in order to be ready when the appearing of the Lord comes, can I tell you, you better start leaning in. All right? Our kids need to see us leaning in. I'm going to tell you something tonight. You may not believe me, but I've been doing this a little while. And our kids can tell when mom and dad lean in in church and lean out at home. They can tell it. And don't be surprised one day if our kids are on the outs with God and they've fallen out of church because we taught them that truth wasn't something that they needed to lean into. We teach them to lean into sports. You give it all you got. You give it every ounce of time you got. And we do all of the, your education. Nothing wrong with that tonight. But unfortunately, when it comes to the things of God, uh, we're half in, half out. If we're going to be ready till he come, we're going to have to do what? Number one, have an attendance of truth. I used to tell our, our people all the time years ago, if you don't get in, you will get out. I promise you that. You don't get in, you will get out. you got to have, number one, attendance to truth. Number two. Let's look down if we could. He's about to tell him in verse 14 something not to do. So first he says, hey, have an attendance to truth. The reading, the exhortation of the doctrine. But then verse 14, watch what he says. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, 
which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on hand of the hands of the presbytery. So he's telling something not to do. Not to do what? He says, don't neglect the gift that is in thee. The gift was the tools, the opportunity, the talents that God gave him upon his calling. This entails the second thing tonight that we've got to do till he comes. Number two, have an awareness of opportunity. An awareness of opportunity. Now watch this. If we're not careful, we'll look ahead to being ready and what we want to be when we become ready and prepared for the Lord. And we're going to look past opportunities we already have. Now, Paul's telling Timothy, I'm going to come. Can you imagine Timothy looking forward to that? Uh, you read about the relationship of Paul and Timothy, and Timothy was a crucial encouragement to Paul when there was that separation with Barnabas, and oh, how Timothy was a blessing and encouragement to him, and I'm sure the relationship was very mutual. And Paul is looking forward to being with Timothy, and Timothy's looking forward to being with Paul, but Paul says, in the meantime, in the meantime, till I come, don't neglect the opportunities that you already have. Folks, as the people of God, I'm, I'm afraid we're looking past the moment to the return of the Lord, which I'm excited about. I really am. I don't know what it's going to feel like. You know, I don't know if we're going to get that feeling in reverse when you're falling, going up there. I don't know. I mean, the twinkling of an eye, that's pretty fast. I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I'm looking forward to it. But can I tell you something? We're not there yet. And even though we're working toward it and we want to be a people ready and prepared for the Lord, there's opportunities in front of us right now, today. And I believe we're neglecting them. In the meantime, Timothy, what does he say? Don't neglect the gifts or the opportunity that's right there in front of you. A few weeks ago, I, I told you I went hunting. And I've been hunting a few times since we moved, not a, not a lot. And I decided this year I was going to get back into hunting. I was going to go hunting, uh, put some meat in the freezer this year. And I remember I was sitting there in the deer stand, and this doe walks out. And I'm watching this doe, and I'm trying to decide, all right, it's a Saturday night. Do I really want to have to go home and clean a deer? You know, I only work on Sundays, you know, and so I want to be ready that one day a week that I do work. And I was thinking, do I, do I want to be out late skinning a deer and all that? And I'm sitting there. And I told Brother, Brother Derek, I said, you know, I got to thinking, I prayed for a deer. God, just send me a deer. God, just send me a deer. And I can't tell you how many deer I passed on. In Louisiana, I passed on four or five. Saw some down there at the camp, you know, had my rifle, could have shot them. I passed on them. And I decided that day I wasn't going to just pray and pass anymore. We pray for opportunities and we pass on them right there in front of us. And so I got some meat in the freezer. Amen. Now hear me out. As the people of God, till he comes, let's not neglect the opportunities that God's already given us. Right there in front of us. We pray that God would use us. We pray that God would give us opportunities. And oftentimes they're right there in front of our eyes. We have a lot of people tonight are struggling. And can I tell you what I think they're struggling from? You're not struggling from spiritual attack. You're struggling from spiritual neglect. I believe that with all of my heart. Most people that I talk to that are struggling are not necessarily struggling because they're in this fight with the devil. Oh, no, it's not that. They're struggling because they're, they're looking forward instead of looking down and realizing that, hey, God's given us plenty of opportunity already right in front of us, but we're neglecting it. We're neglecting it. We're neglecting our neighbor that's, that's right one house over. We're neglecting the coworker that is there. We're neglecting the opportunity. Hey, we have a work day coming up. You think, well, that's not the kind of opportunity I was looking for. Hey, an opportunity is an opportunity. You think about this. If the Lord invited you to heaven and says, look, I 
I want you to work on the landscaping in heaven. Okay, now don't leave here tonight and say, that preacher was preaching heresy that there's landscaping in heaven. Uh, I don't know if there is or not. If the Lord invited you up to heaven to work on the landscaping there uh, around the throne, I bet you you'd sign up in a heartbeat. You'd go buy you a new Troy-built tiller. Uh, you'd go get you a real man shovel from the Home Depot, not one of those hairy homeowner things. And man, you'd be glad to go do it for God. Can I tell you, this is God's house. He owns all of this property. This Saturday, we have an opportunity right in front of us. Hey, let's not just look forward to his appearing. Hey, let's look forward to Saturday. An opportunity to take up a shovel for the cause of Christ uh, in the work of the Lord. Number two, we need to have an awareness of our opportunities. Uh, I I do believe tonight we're neglecting a lot. And Paul told Timothy, hey, in the meantime, don't neglect what you already have. Don't neglect the opportunity that's right there in front of you. Matthew 13, we know the story well of uh, the crops that were sown, the wheat that was sown. The Bible says that it was while men slept that the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Remember that? Why did they lose what they had? Why did they lose what they had? One word, neglect. They neglected to watch over it. They neglected to keep it. They were sleeping. They were probably looking forward to getting some rest, looking forward to the morning when the morning came. They were looking a little bit too far ahead and neglected the opportunity that was right there. The Bible says that the enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. So number two tonight, what do we do till he come? Well, Paul says, Timothy, verse 13, till I come, give attendance to truth. Number two, have an awareness of the opportunity. And then look at verse 15. I like this next verse. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Now you kind of start seeing a progression of events here. He says, I want you to be attentive, lean into truth. Don't neglect what you already have. And now he uses a word that's important, it's the word meditate. Meditating goes beyond just hearing. And what meditation is, it really seeks to understand truth, Right? Meditation is when you don't just hear a truth and it goes one ear out the other. I think we all have a tendency to that. We come to church, we hear truth, but how often do we capture that truth within our ears and what I like to say is chew on it a little while to see what is all in there that God would have me to have tonight. Now, notice number three, I believe this is the next thing we need to do while we wait to be ready. We need to have an acknowledgement of understanding acknowledge the truth that we've heard while we're waiting instead of just letting the truth go in one ear and out the other why don't we chew on it just for a little while and say okay God I want to get all out of that truth that I can why because that truth is going to help me ready when you be ready when you come we were at couples retreat and I went to a coffee uh, shop that had a, a chocolate shop in there and I like truffles uh, I like the, the pretty little truffles that are made different flavors, and a lot of times little tourist towns will have those truffles, and uh, they're in Fairhope, I think it was the Fairhope Chocolate Company we went in, and there was row after row after row of these beautiful different shaped flavored truffles, and uh, we were at couples retreat, so diet didn't matter on couples retreat, all right, you set those aside, uh, because how can you enjoy a couples retreat uh, when you're eating keto, amen, right? And so we go in there, and they're only, I'm, I'm not kidding, they're basically the size of a quarter. They're small, and they're just beautiful little truffles with different coffee flavors and toffee flavors. And I had one with a cherry on the inside, and they're about that big. And I said, hey, I want to get one of all of them. 
So I could ask, give me one of those, and one of those, give me one of those, one of those, one of those, one of those, one of those. What I didn't realize was they, they charge by the pound, and uh, they ended up about $2 a piece. And so as we went over and sat down, I was in shell shock that I had just spent that much on chocolate. My pride would not let me say, uh-uh, I'll put them back. And so I'm sitting in the corner over there on this couch. Uh, Leslie was there, but AJ and Sarah were there. And uh, I took out one. I'm not kidding. I took out one. Normally, just let it dissolve in my mouth. The center is so soft, and I just let it dissolve in my mouth. Oh, no, 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 no. $2. Look, they boil down to a dollar a bite. A dollar a bite. And so I took And I just sat there for a few minutes. I'm sure I look kind of goofy. I'm sure my wife got a picture, and I'm sure somebody has probably already seen it. I'm savoring it. I don't just want to, man, I paid two bucks for that, a dollar a bite, and so I'm going to get all that I can out of it. I mean, you had those moments, that last little bit of chocolate is melting on your tongue, and you're thinking, well, there goes a dollar. <laughs> Time for another dollar. <laughs> Pop it in there. You see, that is kind of how meditation is. So instead of reading our Bible, in the beginning God created heaven, okay, I read my Bible today. No, 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 you ought to meditate on it. You ought to pop it in there and savor it a little bit. Hey, you ought to chew on it a little while. Why? There's some good stuff in there, you know. I mean, take some time to get all of the flavor out of the Word of God we can. Why? Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. You taste it, you realize there's some good stuff in there, but you've got to learn to meditate on the truth and acknowledge the understanding of what God's given us. I'll give an example, Deuteronomy 4. The Bible says, now therefore this day, it says, consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above, and upon the earth beneath there is none else. Now notice this, what he says. First he says, know this, therefore this day. Know it. But then he takes knowledge on a further step and consider it in thine heart. I am so guilty. Uh, as a kid, dad would preach and dad would take us to conferences and missions conferences, revivals. And I heard a lot of preaching growing up. I mean, if there was a quota for the amount of services that you have to attend in your lifetime, I probably hit it. I don't know, 14 or 15 years old. We were in a lot of church services. The sad thing is, I don't know how many of those church services I went to and I sat there, and it went in one ear and out the other. And boy, did I miss out on an opportunity to acknowledge God's understanding. To take in the word of God and say, you know what? I'm going to chew on that a little while. I want to meditate on that a little while. As a matter of fact, we sing the song in Joshua 1.8. What does it say? This book of the law, Brother Aaron, it's hard to say it without singing it, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That when I read the Word of God, I'm not just going through Scripture. When I read the Word of God, I'm going to chew on it a little while. You know, it's kind of like that fruit-stripe gum. Am I speaking your language there, guys? Anybody ever eaten fruit-stripe gum? You got about two minutes, and you're chewing on rubber. All the flavor's gone. I mean, I can eat a pack of fruit-stripe gum in probably 45 minutes. It's gone. Why? Because you pop in one piece, you're going to chew it, and oh, it just tastes so good. You know, whatever flavor you get, and about two minutes later, you're chewing on silicone. I mean, it's, there's no flavor left. You got it all out, and you, got, and you discard it. Can I tell you how the Word of God is? Nothing like fruit-striped gum. 
You start chewing on it, and it just keeps giving flavor after flavor after flavor, and you're like, man, it just never goes away. Second Timothy 4 this morning that I preached out of, I don't know how many times I've preached out of that passage. I've never preached that message before. It's amazing. You just keep going back to the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, and God just keeps giving you flavor anew. You know how that's going to happen in your life? Well, the way it's going to happen is you learn to meditate on it. Look at what he says. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Uh, many, many years ago, we were down at camp one summer, and I was counselor of the senior boys' cabin, stinkiest cabin out there. And uh, if I recall that, maybe in the first or second camp, no air conditioning. No air conditioning. You know, kids are wimps now. they got to have air conditioning. And so do their counselors, which is me included. i got to have air conditioning now. And I can't remember if you preached. I can't remember who preached. But uh, there was a young man by the name of Albert in my cabin. I was a teenager from Pascagoula, Mississippi. And the message was on salvation. And we laid down and went to sleep. Had one light bulb in that room. One light bulb in that room. Cabins were just being constructed. And I don't know, it was probably a couple hours later, 10 o'clock, I mean, uh, 12 o'clock. Albert comes over and wakes me up. Wake up. Wake up. I'm thinking somebody's done a skate. (laughs) You know, get the taser. And... um, I said, what's the matter, Albert? He goes, I've been thinking about what the preacher said. And I'm trying to think, it's midnight, what did the preacher say? He goes, you know about being saved and the Lord could come back at any minute? I said, yeah. He goes, I've been laying there thinking about it for a while. I've been, I've been realizing I'm not ready and I'd like to get ready. And I said, well, go back to bed, we'll do it in the morning. No, I said... <laughs> It's tough being spiritual at midnight, all right? Some of you are acting like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's tough for you to be spiritual all the time. And uh, I said, I said, now tell me how you come to this conclusion. Well, I was sitting there thinking. And I heard what the preacher said, you know, and, and you know, I prayed a prayer years ago, but I'm not sure if I died to go to heaven. And I've been thinking about it and thinking about it. And the Lord could come back tonight. I don't want to wait until morning. I want to be saved tonight. And so I had the opportunity to lead Albert to the Lord that night in our cabin and trusted Christ as his Savior. Do you know what he was doing over there after we went to bed? He was meditating day and night. That word got in there and he chewed on it. For all have sinned. It's an unrighteous, no, not one. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he chewed on it, chewed on it, chewed on it. After a while, he says, that tastes pretty good. I want to go get saved. He's meditating on it. Every time I preach, or I try to, every time I preach, after I preach, I pray. Uh, We have our family devotions at night. We pray that the word of God would keep working. Lord, keep working through your word that went out today. Keep working through it. Because, you know, my words, uh, they're going to end as soon as I quit talking. But the word of God, oh, it will not return void. It wants to accomplish all that God sent it to. If, watch, we allow ourselves to meditate on it. Or you can just say, you know what, I didn't like what he says. And so, and you don't listen. And, oh, you're missing out on what God wants to do. It's kind of like giving a second thought. We just don't give a second thought to the word of God. And that's why we're not going to be ready. Verse 15, meditate. Meditate, okay? Finally, look down. He says, take heed. Take heed. Now, what are we getting at? Paul says, verse 13, till I come. You're waiting for me. All right, while you're waiting, I want you to attend unto truth. All right, he said, I'll, I'll do that. He said, I want you to acknowledge the opportunities. Verse 14, don't neglect what I've already given you. Verse 15, 
He says, be sure you meditate, all right? Be sure you acknowledge that understanding. And then finally, verse 16, he says, take heed. Take heed. And you look on down, he says, continue in them. So he's kind of taking another step on from meditating, okay? So he was leaning into truth, leaning into it. He started meditating on the truth. And now he says, I want you to take heed and continue in them. So now he is saying, okay, now act upon that truth. Take heed and continue in it. This is the last step to waiting to be ready. Number four, he shows us an application of knowledge. He says, I want you to apply it. Take heed and continue in them. That is applying the knowledge that we have. And can I tell you, we will do that until the Lord comes back. Taking all of the knowledge that we have from the Word of God, from the preaching of the Word of God, and apply them. Now, here's the sad thing. The Lord blesses us with the privilege in this great country to be given so much knowledge and so much truth. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, you have Bible studies. Uh, I mean, ladies' Bible study tomorrow. So many opportunities to get. And we get all of this truth. Here is the difficulty I think we face. We don't take heed to continue in it. We never apply that truth to our life. I'll give you an example. Uh, my wife and I, in our travels, I used to get a coffee mug everywhere I would go. I told my classes this morning. I used to get a coffee mug everywhere I go, but we ran out of cabinet space. I'm not kidding. We had to start putting coffee mugs in the pantry, and I'm like, ah, I'm only drink out of one at a time, and so I decided not to get a coffee mug everywhere I went, and we decided to start getting something a little cheaper, a little lower profile, and so we get stickers, all right? I get one sticker everywhere we go, and my wife takes her stickers, and she plasters them all over her MacBook, so she's got this plastic cover on her MacBook, and there's all these stickers from everywhere we went, and so she got the stickers on all of these trips, and watch what she did. She applied them. She said, this is where I'm going to put that. And she committed it to it. All right? Now, let's look at my end of the story. In my office, on the shelf, the left side of my desk, I have stacks of stickers. I have one from Hattiesburg, because I've been there. I have one from Yellowstone, because I've been there. And one from uh, Henry Cowell Redwoods out in California. One from the Dwarf Grill. Does anybody know what the Dwarf Grill is? It's the original Chick-fil-A called the Dwarf Grill, politically incorrect, but that's what they called it. In-N-Out Burger in California. I mean, hey, if you ever go to California, you got to go to In-N-Out Burger because we don't have those here. Monterey, California, just have all of these stickers. And I'm like, man, that's, that's a lot, and there's a stack of them back there. But I haven't made up my mind what I'm going to apply them to yet. And so they just sit there. I've got all these stickers, but they're not stuck to anything. I haven't applied them. Okay, now, hear me out. I think this is a lot of what we do with truth. We go to Sunday school, we get truth. We come to church, we get truth. We read our Bible, we get truth. We go to Bible studies, we get truth. We listen to podcasts and we get truth. And we have all of this truth. But here's our problem. The reason we're not going to be ready when the Lord Jesus comes back is because we never took the time to apply that truth to our life. We never stuck it to anything. Do you know, God didn't just want us to have a bunch of knowledge for the sake of, sake of collecting knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. He wants you to apply it. Put it somewhere. Take that truth. Boy, I know what the Bible says about raising kids. Then put it in them. If we know what the Bible says about how to raise our children, stick it on them. 
We can't just say, well, I know what the Bible says, and we post it on Facebook. No, we got to apply it to something. Because, well, I know what the Bible says about being a godly husband. Apply that to your life. What the, the, the Bible says about being a godly wife. Apply that to your life. What does he say? Take heed and then continue in them. He's simply telling him, you've got to apply your heart. You've got to have this application of the knowledge in your life. Proverbs 23, 12, apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Now what's interesting is, it's not just going through the motions, it's applying it to the heart. That we take the word of God and we hide it in our heart. He says, apply thine heart unto instruction. Why? Because we simply want to be ready. We simply want to be ready. I believe tonight, if you will apply God's truth to your heart, your life will follow. I believe that. That you take God's truth that he gives you, whatever it is, and you say, I'm going to apply it to my heart. I'm not just going to tote it around anymore. I'm just not going to accumulate that anymore. I'm going to take God's truth and I'm going to apply it. I'm going to stick it to my life. And you apply God's truth to your heart. Do you know what will happen? You'll find that your life will follow it. Here's our problem. We want our we try to go through the motions of doing it in our life, but never applying it to our heart. And you'll never, you'll never get it done that way. It's got to seep out, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's the message tonight? It's simple. This morning we ended on being willing to wait, wait on the will of God, waiting on the coming of the Lord. How, does it, how, do, how do we wait to be ready? Number one, an attendance to truth. Where are you leaning tonight? Could I ask you that question? Where are you leaning? Are you leaning toward truth or are you leaning away from truth? Are you like, I can't wait to get out of here tonight and I'm getting as far away from what that guy said. You're leaning away from truth and you're going to fall the direction you lean away from truth. Number two, an awareness of opportunity. Don't neglect what you have. Number three, an acknowledgement of understanding. Are you considering and reconsidering the word? Are you chewing on a little bit? And finally, the knowledge you already have, are you applying it to something? Why don't you apply it to your heart? And watch your life follow tonight. Amen. That's how we wait to be ready. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together tonight.